me personally, I love like sitting in my head and my thoughts and like going through all this little stuff. <laughs> like that's just entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I imagine some people are afraid to do so. Mm. I imagine some people are afraid to just be still, mm-hmm. zero distraction, and examine what comes up in their mind. Mm-hmm. And um, not only just examine like what floats on by, but also like put intention on one thing mm-hmm. and see what comes up there. What do you feel? Do you have pain? Do you have emotion? Like, do you have physical pain that's caused by your mind in this moment? What is it? Can you understand that? If you can't, keep working on it. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Why Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. Whymillbank.com is the website. You can find out all the shows that originate out of this studio. If you have any questions or comments, whymillbank at gmail.com. If you want to help support the show, find the podcast button on the website and then look for the donate option. The show and network are supported through the value for value model. If what we do brings value to you, determine for yourself what that value amount is and send it our way. We appreciate it very much and thank you for your support as we continue to have these conversations. And today on the show, Nate Peppel, uh, a friend of mine that I got to know a few years back, uh, joined me here. He is embarking on a journey, and it's really fun to uh, to kind of hear where he's at with who he is and what he wants to be and uh, his desire to explore. It's fun. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation because I had a blast. Uh, NatePeppel.com. Let's get right into it. Thanks a lot for listening. So you're moving. Um, kind of, yeah, I think. Out of your your known life. Yeah. Why? Uh, I just have always wanted to. You would just be a nomad? Kind of. I, uh, you know, I've spent my whole life in South Dakota and done a lot here, I, I think anyway, especially for audio stuff. That, that's been a pretty cool journey. Um, cause I, I grew up in a very small town and audio really wasn't a thing. There was one other guy in the area who was kind of into music and audio and stuff like that. And I looked up to him a lot. Same age or older? Older, much older. Mm-hmm. His name's Terry. And, um, you know, I don't know what his age is. I actually just sold him a guitar here during my moving process, which is cool. It's a little bit full circle stuff. Threw in a bunch of packs of strings that I got from touring days. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I stuffed like 10 or 15 nice. packs of strings in his case that I gave him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've just been wanting to do this for a long time. I've always seen myself as like stuck in this kind of city type environment that I'd never really fit in with. Uh, I've always wanted to be in like more nature type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wanted to be so minimal to the point where it's kind of like, um, it's almost like having a backpack, right? Like if you have a, a whole room with all your stuff spread everywhere, it's pretty hard to like get up and go and go do whatever you want. But if you have everything in a backpack, you can just grab it, walk out the door. And the van is kind of like the backpack for living. It's just ready to go. It's all, all done. That certainly works when you're not, uh, when no one relies on you. No one relies on me much. So you're than, in a great position to do this. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it too is, you know, I'm, I'm 28 now. Oh, young kids. Yeah, young gun. Uh, and it's just the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And the market's hot. The house sold like immediately at profit, almost enough profit to pay for the van. That's insane. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, it just kind of, it made sense. And it really happened all of a sudden too. I actually decided this, came up with the idea and decided on it like two weeks ago. And in two weeks, I'm going to be on the road. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a one month thing from like conception <laughs> to like execution. Kind of cool. So you've spent the last, well, since I've known you, which is what, three years? Probably two two years, maybe? We've known each other longer now, I think. You think so? Probably four. It's got to be at least well, four, because I've been in Sioux Falls six and a half years now, and I think I've been doing Affleck at least four of those, and okay. I, have, I haven't really been doing it as much lately, but I'm yeah. pretty sure, yeah, we've probably known each other for four years, Greg. Jeez. Well, because when I look back, the last time you were in this room uh, it was 2020 March. I think we knew in that episode how long we had known each other, too, so mm. I mean, we could listen I back. To, yeah, I have to go back and pay attention. Um. You've been in the audio mixing world, engineering world, live mm-hmm. and studio work for yep. most of that time, correct? Yeah, all of it. Um, and it's kind of mixed into different things mm-hmm. since then. But And then you, for fun, ride bicycles? I do a few things. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's another reason why the van makes sense is because I like riding bikes. I like climbing. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You just got into that, didn't I got you? super into climbing lately. Really? Yes. What's the draw to that? Is it a sense uh, of accomplishment? It's it's so fun. It is like such a primal thing to do. Uh, it just feels really natural to me. I'm a pretty flexible person. Mm-hmm. Uh, low body fat. Like the strength is coming. It just takes time to like grow like the tendon mm-hmm. stuff and your strength with your hands. You got to take it kind of easy too because you can really injure yourself. Really? Because your body's not really like ready for that to hold your weight on your fingertips immediately and you 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 do get it down like (laughs) i can do that like i can hang on um like the door frame like the little tiny little edge Mm -hmm. uh like the trim above a door i can hang on that (laughs) which is crazy you a cat no i'm not even that strong compared to most (laughs) climbers either but you can do that after you climb for a while i just love it because it makes you so present you are always like in if you're pushing yourself Mm -hmm. you're always at your like your edge and then you throw in um, some risk factors, like there are certain kinds like of- Like no ropes? I don't go no ropes. <laughs> Yet. I mean, you do on like boulder problems, stuff that's under like 20 feet. Because um, that's okay to fall down? Well, if you have like a crash pad or a, a mat oh, or something okay, below gotcha. you, it's, yeah. it's good. Um, or if you're just completely trusting of what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, there are different kinds of climbing, you know? Like if you really want to be safe with it, you can go to the gym, you can have a harness, you can have an auto blade, mm-hmm. and it'll just lower you as soon as you fall off. Um. A little bit riskier is like lead climbing where you're taking the rope up with you. Oh, you're actually setting the anchors. And then you're, yeah, you're clipping in. Mm-hmm. There's sport climbing, which there are already bolts in the rock. Okay. So you clip carabiners. But then yep. there's trad climbing where you're just, you're putting devices in the crack and they expand. And then. Oh, and then hook your rope to it? Yeah. So if you fall though, they don't always hold. Like most of the time they do if you have a really good placement. Uh-huh. But sometimes you have to back it up because if you fall on that and it rips it out, you're you're, you're hoping the next one holds. And, and that com- much more inertia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they just start zippering at some point, like if you don't have good placement. So uh, I've really studied that. So I really like the climbing aspect. I like how present I am doing it. I like the, the flow of it. It just works with my body. And I like the risk management too. I like building things that it's like, okay, I'm going to put my life on this. I'm going to put other people's life on this. And I'm going to like make it as safe as possible. And we're going to have fun doing it. So do you have a God complex at some point? I don't think so. I think we're probably all a god at some point. I think we're all like a part of something, you know? Well, because I mean, the, you just trust. the theory is 
that doctors, pilots, most CEOs, presidents mm-hmm. think they're clearly better than everyone. I don't think that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's, and it's not because, well, maybe not for everyone, that they're act. You know, they actually think they're better, but they think that their decision is going to be the best one. You know, if a heart surgeon, sure, I kind of want a heart surgeon to be kind of an arrogant jerk. I really want that <laughs> to think he's his decision is yeah. absolutely right, and every he knows every reason why. Yeah, that's important. I, I don't want that guy going, man. I'm going to just gamble here. I, I'm not like that at all with it, but I think that there is a point where I study things hard enough to the point where I have confidence mm-hmm. in in teaching how to do things and like setting it up. And I wouldn't put myself in a situation where I didn't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm probably going to go to Yosemite here soon, and I'm not going to jump on the nose and try to climb it. I'm not ready to climb that. I don't have big wall experience. I've never lived on the, the side of a wall. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that until I'm ready to do that. Have you done much climbing in the wild yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've done some outdoor stuff. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. Gyms are really good though because you get high quality climbing in a short amount of time. Oh, right. Because it's built to actually yeah. move. Yeah. To put it in perspective, like I can go to the gym and I can climb just routes one after another over and over and over because I kind of like that. I like doing the more endurance style stuff where I'm just hitting routes over and over. And, um, but if you go outside, you're setting anchors, mm-hmm. you're, you're hiking to the spot, you're hanging out, you're waiting for other people, right. you're belaying them. It's just, it could be a five hour period and you only climb 10 routes mm. where I go to the gym and I can climb like 50 in yeah. an hour if I really wanted to. So there's, there's a beauty to outdoor climbing, but I think like if you really want to get strong, it comes in the gym. It's just like the balance between the two. And also what your situation is. Say if you have climbing partners, um, sometimes like a different style of climbing will suit you. Like the gym's just easier if you're alone. I'll go outside and climb alone though too. I do what's called like top rope solo setups. So you build an anchor at the top of the climb and you're building these anchors tying around like rocks and Mm -hmm. trees and putting stuff in cracks. And then you have ascender devices that make it so me alone, I can like go up and down a rope and uh, I can practice a route without a friend being there. Which is actually pretty good because then I can really work something over and over and over. So your rope is already attached at the top. So you you basically just created a a lifeline that then you can wander about on. Yep. Then then you just go down that and start at the bottom or how does that work? Yeah. Or do you climb down? You transition. No, you um, transition to a different device. So Mm -hmm. I have two ascenders on in case one fails. So you have a backup. And then when you get to the top of it or if you can't climb it, you um, transition to a different device that can repel. And then you start again if you want. <laughs> wow. It's just a form of climbing like that uh, is for loners. <laughs> I actually have a ton of friends <laughs> for climbing, but sometimes you just want to uh, you want to work something on mm-hmm. your own and you want to go out there on your own. And it's a different feeling when you're out there alone. It's kind of eerie. Do you ever see yourself free climbing at all? Well, it's, Is that what it's called when you just go actually, climb up the face of a rock? Yeah, actually, it's called free climbing, yeah. So it's when you're using your body. Free climbing mm-hmm. is when you're actually using your body, uh, whereas like there are other forms of climbing, like aid climbing, where you're you're uh, like using sender devices to mm-hmm. like help mm-hmm. yourself up the rope. Right. Free solo is where you're uh, no ropes. Is that what you meant? Yep. I it's don't like know. wander up the face of a rock. I would hate to say yes because my mom might listen to this, but... <laughs> don't worry, he's not going to do it yet. I'm sure there. I'm sure there are going to be routes someday that I'll be like comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. It's not something that you do if there's any bit of fear. Um, but yeah, you just want to be super Does dialed it get in. Dangerous if there's not fear. 
it just means that you're really confident in what you're doing. Yeah, is it I mean, dangerous at some level? I mean, it's all dangerous. It's driving down the road's pretty dangerous. Yeah, everything is dangerous in this life. You just have to assess like what what's worth it to you. The risk. Yeah. Risk reward. And and when there's a, an increased level of danger, so say if I'm like lead climbing outside mm-hmm. and you do have that chance of like your gear popping out when you come down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that kind of climbing, it uh it's not free solo. Mm-hmm. Like you you know, you're probably not gonna die. But it's uh <laughs> it's it's scarier, you know, because say you have a top rope setup or something like that if you fall you're gonna fall like a couple feet mm-hmm. no no big deal but the other way you're falling like 10 or 15 feet and you're not always falling into open air sometimes you're falling like onto the rock and you gotta or like trees down below yeah you gotta keep yourself clear so i don't know it sounds probably crazy to some people climbing can be very simple and very safe um but then it can get more advanced and you really have to know what you're doing that's really all it is you just keep moving up is it a release for you? Because you know your the the job you do has to be dead on. You know, if if you're working someone's you know engineering a podcast or yep. you know filming or recording on a film, you can't screw that up. Yeah. Now you can't screw climbing up either. But it, is it just another way to do the same thing, or is it kind of a release because it's so hyper focused? You get one thing to think about. Yeah, there's a translation. I mean, it's it's different. It's like all of the things that happen within engineering, like mm-hmm. the assessment of like what's going to happen, like the risk assessment. I mean, there's risk assessment in audio too. I mean, the risk is that someone gets pissed off basically, but like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot that goes, dead. there's a lot that goes in place to prevent that mm-hmm. because with corporate clients, it's, uh, doesn't fly. So I think, yeah, with climbing, it's kind of like that, but, um, it's just different. It's a physical thing. It's a community thing. It's a nature thing. Uh, it's just that presence. It's the risk assessment. It's just a lot of things that I really have an interest in. And I, I felt like, um, I don't know if I'm like supernaturally talented at it, but in some ways I think I am. And like in, in my weaknesses, maybe like uh, my strength or something like that, because I've never really done an upper body focused. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily upper body focused either. I mean, there are like things that are components of that, but. No, you're not climbing first with your feet. Well, I mean, right? your, your hands are there to balance you. Okay. And yes, sometimes you do rely strictly mm-hmm. on your hands to pull you up. Um, but your feet are very important because that it's kind of like climbing a ladder. You so so you're, you're finding anchors for your feet to live all, on while all you the time. find the next. Yep. Okay. You're trying to stand on it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're not left with much. Sometimes the edges are just tiny. And uh, that's why you have good shoes and that's why you trust it. And <laughs> so no skimping on gear. No. <laughs> I mean, you try to, you try to get the best stuff you can mm-hmm. afford, especially when it comes to safety stuff. There's no compromise there. Yeah. You know, like that protection gear, the stuff you wedge into cracks that saves your life. You're not buying that on Alibaba or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You're spending like yeah. the full price. And honestly, I don't think it's that expensive of a hobby compared to some stuff. I've had like way more expensive hobbies. So, you know, yeah, maybe a climbing bag full of gear costs a couple grand, but that's not t- so bad mm-hmm. in the grand scheme. You know, you and I were talking before this about all the gear mm-hmm. they have to buy just to get like a podcast done right. or something. It's yeah. like nothing compared to that. So yeah, uh, that's my latest hobby and I, I'm having fun with it. That's cool. And you, if, you've been cycling for a while. Cycling, yeah. I like kayaking a lot too. So um, that's why you're leaving. I get it. You're tired of the winter. It's not just the winter. It's <laughs> like... I think I'm just understimulated in a lot of ways here. There are just a lot of things that I um, am looking forward to in life. And uh, 
domesticated South Dakota life is not really like what I want right now. So is, are, are you done with this state then? You, you, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, if I see myself coming back and living like full time, I don't have an answer for it yet, but I also don't have an answer for how long I'm going to do the van thing. I'm just open to what it's going to become. But I would say like Sioux Falls has been a really beautiful place for me. And, um, I don't know if it, I'm just not career driven right now, not as career driven. Like I'm going to maintain my clients and I'm going to like pick up whatever comes along, but I've never been someone to like try to build some mega business Mm -hmm. and become a millionaire or whatever. And I make smart decisions and I do try to make as much money as I can in a shorter amount of time. So then I can like live outside of that. But that's always been the goal is to try to find something that uh, allows me to live rather than like just work. Because I have too many friends who are working nonstop. So a panhandler. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Just with with clean clothes. Nice. Yeah, as long as I wash them. I will do that. There's that. (laughs) Good. Don't be one of those smelly (laughs) people. A lot of my life really has just made sense for this though. It's like establishing more remote work, being outdoorsy, Mm -hmm. being minimalistic, Mm -hmm. like just the solitude factor. Like there's just a lot of stuff that makes sense out of this. And it's going to be a weird transition. I've never lived in a van full time before in my yeah, life. Yeah, but let's just be honest about this. You're not living in a van for crying out loud, Nate. It's a good van. It's a nice van, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's not a van. It's I mean, it's a van. Yes, but Yeah. The size How is cool. the size is a van, but it's built oh, out it's to function really well. Yeah. Does Solar. It, does it open up? Does it have a, a any net that will kick out or no, it's just No slides. It's okay. just in that box there. Uh the bed goes up and down and okay. the back area is like my garage. So that that will open up fully, correct? And it's open to the outdoors if you want it? Yep. In the back end, and it, it has um, 20 gallons of fresh and gray water tanks. Nice. 20-pound propane tank, that like the interchangeable kind that you mm-hmm. can put in your grill. So that's nice. If you want to change it, it's just like everywhere. Um, it has a, like a water boiler heater that's run off of propane. So if you want to be in cold climates, it's really well insulated. Everything is mounted within the insulation too. So that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so it's like a four so season thing. For you everywhere. That's yeah, cool. and it has an AC unit which doesn't run on the solar, but it um if you have like mm-hmm. 30 amp, you can run it. The fridge is built in, sink. Um there's a porta potty, there's no like actual bathroom. The shower is going to be an outdoor shower off the back. But realistically, when I'm on the road, I'll either um shower at like climbing gyms or campgrounds or Friends' like houses every, or something every like that. Truck stop anywhere. Also. Yeah, and I don't. I, mean, I don't need a shower every single day. I'm not really that yeah. kind of person. Right now, I'm not showered. So this is information most people don't need to know. <laughs> well, I think, I think we would have uh, lost them during the climbing portion if they cared about that. <laughs> wow, it's not. It's not wrong. No, you're yeah. right. All right. So if you're still here, you hopefully don't care <laughs> about me you. not showering this morning. I showered last night. If that helps. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, Just update you. So you're right. Mm-hmm. So he'll call tomorrow with his next hygiene update. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll add it into the maybe back of your episode. mom doesn't need to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. Um. So your at this point your main income source is what a few remote clients. Yep. Yep. I still have. Um, some podcast stuff, even some video podcast stuff. I'm still maintaining that I'm going to get files on the road and mm-hmm. edit them and send them back. One of the biggest things for me with podcasting is like the mix quality mm-hmm. uh, that you get. And um, 
I just want to take care of my clients that way. So a lot of them, they're going to be set up with their own audio kits if they can do that. I have a guy, my buddy Sky, who I trust a lot with video stuff because he can do the whole three camera thing, full audio, mm-hmm. talk to the corporate clients, like handle all this stuff. He's just my guy for it. So I have him lined up to do uh, some of the video for a couple of my podcasts that I'm dealing with. And um, they're important clients. And, uh, you know, I can still be a part of the puzzle. I can still help with like decisions. I can still do some editing and mixing work. And it's not just podcasts. I'm going to do some like film video type mixes stuff, mixing stuff, um, some audio stuff, some mastering stuff. I have some pretty good portable monitors and like headphone systems with me. So yeah, I don't have my big Focal speakers that I had in my studio, which I miss. I actually just packed them up yesterday (laughs) and, uh, that's that's a bummer to not have that desk, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be just fine. And it's going to be fun to like go to different libraries or wherever and try to figure that out because it's not like I'm working eight hours a day. That's another thing to remember. That'd be hard if I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm only working, I don't know, maybe like eight hours a week. If that, some weeks will be lighter. So it's pretty easy going. So you're overpaid? <laughs> 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 I don't know if I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no. Um d- could you have done this without the kind of clients you had? Or I, I, or, or is this going are you effectively phasing yourself out of your all the stuff you were doing? I still want to do it. I still want to h- hang on to that mm-hmm. stuff. Um But just cuz you want to d- does it does it make sense from the other side of it? to still have you in the mix of that. It does in some ways for sure. Um, I mean, cl- clearly your talent is there. And, yeah. And, and to get that level of, of end result, if that mm. can be done anywhere, awesome. I, yeah, I think I think why it's possible with some of these things, so say like a podcast for instance, mm-hmm. is because a lot of people have the abilities to record a podcast. Not many people have the abilities to like mix it and edit it to a level where it's been, you know, like where I've had it sounding. And just being able to take care of those people and like help with all the tech stuff if they need a question or whatever. There are a lot of people who just don't want to deal with that. And, um, you know, obviously the more serious mixing stuff, it makes sense too to have me. And a lot of my stuff is kind of remote already, to be honest. So you weren't in the room with a lot of these people? No, already? like half really? half of my clients were already remote. And it's only like two of them mm-hmm. where I'm having my buddy Sky jump on. That is like, we're, we're transitioning. Mm. But those people... Um, they want want me to do yeah. it you know like i've created a really good bond with those clients so like we just want to keep it going and uh it does it does still make sense this way and at the end of the day i'm not charging them anymore you know i'm paying my shooter will your a portion of what i would have been making does it affect your turnaround at all or will that be the same as well it'll be pretty quick yeah and a lot of this stuff when you do the video style stuff you need like a little bit of time mm-hmm. um i'm super quick when it comes to edits too i'm like the crazy person who shoots a wedding film and i edit it the next day and turn it around you know why you know why nate why because you don't have anyone else in your life (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's that's not bad but well it's not always the case too like i do have things in my life that i i value you know i have um i have friends i've you know had relationships i've had stuff like that that i have to work around too it's becoming more prominent than it used to be i think all i used to do was just like say yes to doing things yeah but I also just like to get it out of my my way, right? And I like to live on like for a lot of projects, I like to um, 
keep living on the emotion that's still alive within it. Mm. That really so, matters. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, for like a wedding film or something mm. like that. Oh man, it's it's actually pretty good because you still feel like the love that you mm. felt the next day. And to like put that all together and then deliver it to them, it just makes it sweet. Yeah. Because it's fun to do yourself. So I don't know. I've always been that way. I just like turning stuff around right away. There are some projects where I'm like, oh man, I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> but it's our job as adults to mm-hmm. parent ourselves and say, go do it. You know, like no one's going to, no one's going to tell you to do it. And at the end of the day, it's like, does it really take that much activation energy to knock right. out like the one job out of the <laughs> thousand things you're going to do in the <laughs> yeah. next year? You know, you just got to get over it mm-hmm. and, and get it done. So there will be like new little constraints just because I'm dealing with the internet. But I uh, oh, found yeah, out what's your plan there? Uh, libraries. Mm. Libraries typically have good Wi-Fi and you could go other places if you need a big Wi-Fi drop. But libraries are also really good for audio work because they're quiet or quiet enough. Coffee shops are not so fun. Um, yeah. So libraries are nice. Really nice space. Public. Go right in. Like hang out in the parking lot if they're not open yet. <laughs> you know, Just don't be the creepy guy in the van on yeah you know, on the side. Of I probably the road. won't. Yeah, well, probably won't put my lawn chair out or anything. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna be like a different a different style mm-hmm. of life, and it's just gonna open up to new things that I uh, have been wanting to do. That's it, cool. It's free. It's truly free, and it's not it's not just to be free of like stuff that I had here in life and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like this is a journey. Uh, it's almost like a bit of a spiritual journey in a way too, you know? I just want to um, honor what like my intuition is telling me to do rather than resist it and feel the anxiety of that the rest of my life. Well, no, it kind of seems like the right opportunity to do it. Yeah. The stars aligned. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, Do you think, because last time we talked was March, we talked in March 2020. Yep. That was right before... Um, Days before the pandemic, the proverbial started. crap hit the fan. Well, in the states, yeah, it was hitting the it was hitting the fan. It was beginning over in Asia, overseas absolutely, for sure. Yeah. But for us to be directly impacted, yep, it was after that. Um, looking back now over the last year and a half, do you think that had that not happened to change the mindset of a lot of corporations and the way a lot of people actually communicate, you know, kind of moving a lot of it online? Yeah. Already, do you think this decision you're making may not have been doable? I had think, that not happened, I think it still would have worked, because I think uh, there was always like an ability to do more mm-hmm. remote work, you know, and, and audio stuff. Yeah, but it, it's but, a little bit easier. But corporations didn't quite grasp it the way they are now. I mean, now no, there's yeah. half the work that's never coming back in an office anymore. Yeah, but if you if you saw my relationship with my clients, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even think about it that way. They're not like that. And if they were, if they were like super picky about that stuff and were like worried about that, um, I don't think we'd be working together. You know, I really um, have proven that I care about the people who I work Mm -hmm. with. And I, uh, I like providing like a very human experience for people who might live in a culture where it's not always that, you know, where it's sometimes a little too um, strict or they're trying to just follow the rules. You know, whenever I work with people, I really like opening it up and making people feel like we're having fun, we're doing something, we're talking about things in life. Um, it's not just a transactional thing for me. Like, I, I care about people. And I'm, I'm not always uh, knowing or fully interested in the content that I work on, but I can see that the people who I work with have a passion for it, just like I have a passion for the things I do. 
And um, I really like being a part of that process. And I think when you're at that level with people, they they trust you and they allow you to open up about who you are. And um, yeah, when I told my clients, which was, they were my, my group of people who I was most afraid of telling this to, I think everyone realized like that, that makes sense, you know? Well, did half of them or did most of them physically see you doing these jobs or were you already kind of digital with them? Some, yeah, yeah. The the ones really, like the ones that I was doing fully remote, I didn't I didn't have like a sit down meeting mm-hmm. with or anything like that. But I am um, a couple, like First National Bank is a podcast that I've been doing for a while. And Adam and I have, uh, he's the host, he and I have become just friends through it too. And um, yeah, that was one that I wanted to make sure like he knew that I'm taking care of you, mm-hmm. but I want to do this, you know? Like, this is what I want to do. And because these people know me as a person, it's, uh, they're like excited for me because they know like it, it aligns with who I, who I am and what I have wanted to do. And maybe I haven't opened up about it to a lot of those people, but my friends, um, one of my other clients, Denim, when I, when I first told him like, I'm going to do it, he said, you've been talking that way for a couple of (laughs) years. It's like, have I? (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there's just a, there's a point where you realize like, okay, I've been thinking about this way too long. Mm-hmm. It's not It's yeah. not just like going away. It like hurts to not do it and to just sit here and, and wonder like what it's like. And um, I think there's another point that came where I realized like, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. You have enough remote work to live in a van. You have enough remote work to do right. that. It's not that expensive. Yeah. You have good people. You have the skills. I've acquired like all the, the abilities to do this too, you know? I, I used to live in tour buses, you know? Um the survival stuff, it just all comes in where it's not like, oh man, I don't know how, how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing at all. The only thing I don't know what to do is, uh, constantly look for a place to stay every night. That's kind of the downside of the van life, but you find your spots and I'm not playing parking lot. I'll, I'll try to find some prettier places than that, (laughs) but every once in a while, that's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And to, to know that like, there's a benefit to that too, because you're next next to a bathroom and like food and all sorts of things and uh, just to be grateful for being alive in the experience mm-hmm. that I have rather than, I don't know, sometimes when you live in a house and you start following um, what you think you're supposed to do, being who you, you think you're supposed to be for people, you know, you start, I don't know, I've had moments where I look at my house and I have like a dining table that's pretty worn out at this point. You know, there are moments where you look at it and you judge yourself because you're like, oh man, I should have a, a better looking table. But then you get to a point where you just sit at it and you go, you know what? Like, who cares? This is like, this is holding right. my food and my yeah. ass on the seat. And like, that's all that it needs to do. <laughs> it's like, I think you just, you just get over all the silly stuff mm-hmm. that you think you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to have or like what people are going to perceive things as or whatever. And you just live your life. So yeah, I think this is just a practice of being and not worrying about stuff. Part of me wants to just go totally off the grid with social media and things like that too, but... Well, that was my next question. Are you going to keep a blog of sorts? I'd, I find that exhausting, but maybe there are... Are you starting th- a YouTube show? No, I, everyone does that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I know I have, I have the skills uh-huh. to do that, but I don't... I don't know. I don't know if I like want to do that yet. I think there are things that I'd like to share with the world, but those things aren't um, me taking photos and in front of like my van for likes you know like i'll share what my journey is but Mm -hmm. it's not like you know i posted a a photo of buying the van the other day but it's not like i'm just going to keep posting photos like that 
because it's like popular, you know. At least I don't think so, unless there's some big calling for me to do that. I just have never felt that. I've done some vlog stuff before in the past, mm-hmm. um, stuff that I've been paid to do, and stuff that I've just like done for fun. And it's um, that's exhausting for one. It can especially be, especially if you're alone, especially filming yourself yeah. do all the things. You have to the, just the setup alone. Yeah, and it's also hard when your perspective is through a s- screen. Mm. You know, when you're focused on that, mm-hmm. I think there's a an ability to be present in both. I just have never been super good at that. So, how important is it to document the the thing, the journey you're on? I should say, for historical purposes. Um, I think it's pretty important to take some photos of it at least. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, I don't mean like send it to the world, but yeah, like journaling pictures, video clips. Heck, you could start, which would be kind of fun. Actually, I would probably listen to that. Hmm. Is your musings as you wander through this new life? Yeah, a little podcast feed. I think I think that, that would be kind of fun. Well, I have. I mean, you all got the, the skill oh, yes. and the equipment to do it. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think a podcast is actually maybe one of the more realistic things mm-hmm. that I would do because there's not much time editing it. Yeah, I actually really do like thinking and talking about the things that are within me mm-hmm. or the things I'm uh, experiencing around myself. Um. I think a podcast would be cool and it's easy for someone else. You know, I, I meet someone, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to get in my van and talk into a microphone with me? Because that's not creepy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I might not present it quite that way. Right. Did you want to get in my van? <laughs> <laughs> Just right on the side, not a kidnapper van. You'll be fine. Yeah. It doesn't look like, he looks, well, it looks very it's gonna, appropriate. Yeah, it's going to get some cool you. wheels someday too. Oh, some like t- beefy ones? Yeah. I think so. It's like the, the Mercedes Sprinter yeah. version? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to wear out the tires first, and then uh, there's a place in California yeah. that sells a bunch of this stuff, so I'll avoid shipping, and I'll just be cool. have them outfit it someday. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'll deal with the dorky steel wheels and all. <laughs> Whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. I don't need to um, put my personality too much into things. You know? Yeah. The point is to be less of an identity. Break that down. What do you mean? I don't know. I think everyone identifies with something and they put these titles on themselves. And forever I've been an audio engineer, freelance audio engineer, a videographer. I, you know, like those titles are just like identifiers and some people really lean into that and they, they live within that. And I've just focused really heavily on not doing that for mm-hmm. the last few years. So um, actually on my Instagram uh, yesterday, I updated my bio to a human being. That's it. <laughs> That's all I want to be because ultimately that's 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 the only thing that I like truly know that I am for this life. And everything else can like dance around that if it wants to, but I don't need to be those things. You know, I just want to be a human. I want to be like a loving person. I want to be able to be open to anything and like anyone's opinion and be compassionate for where they're at in life. And I don't want to um I don't want to put something in the way of that. Because I want to put my flag in the sand and say, this is what I am and I can't think differently. And there's way too much of that. And I don't want to be that person. Does, does that get schizophrenic at some point, though? In what way? What do you mean? Well, to, to have zero structure in a belief system. Well, I mean, you, you have some form of structure, but... Yeah, but if the goal is to remove it all, doesn't that become com- uh, problematic? To not have a, a, a structural baseline? It might be confusing to some people, but... I don't I don't think many people have a problem with someone just being like a loving being. You know? Well, I, is that subjective what that means? Um 
Oh, let, let me rephrase the question. What does that mean to you? Being a loving human being or a loving being? Just to be like lo- loving of people, to be mm-hmm. accepting of them, to, to give them a space with your energy for them to feel like they're comfortable expressing themselves. No matter what the expression is? Yeah, and I, it's a practice for me. I'm not always good at that. I have moments where I, I um, tune out or I'm not, I'm not the person who I want to be to someone. But it's the curriculum of my life. That's what this is. This is why it's beautiful. Is because um, it's difficult to be a human. It's difficult to live in this time frame, even though it's probably the best time frame there ever was in this experience. You know, It's difficult to do that, but what it teaches you through that difficulty is if you can learn how to love within all of this rigidity, mm-hmm. it's real, you know? And the world needs more of that. And people really gravitate toward that and they appreciate that. And that's why people um, value family so much. They value their partner so much because they are in love. And, you know, to sustain that, not only with those particular people, but with more people, to look at everything around you and have a love for it, or at least try to, or have a practice of doing that, to me, that's the goal. Is there anything out of bounds then? Or is everything acceptable? Um, it, it depends on how you see things. Like there are, there are acts that are evil in life, I think. Based on what though? I think it's people being, um, it's like thought and intention can be evil, but like people, their essence being isn't always, you know? Like I don't think that people are evil. I think that their intent or their actions might be evil, but people aren't themselves actually. So, like, yeah, there are things that I probably would steer clear of because it, it wouldn't be helpful to put myself in that situation. Some things would just be flat out dangerous too, you know, depending on... Is that what you're referring to? Kind of. Like, but, like, but what, I'm, like I'm, what's I'm, out of the range of, like, loving? Is that what you're asking? Well, yeah, what does that mean? So if, if the goal is, and I'm curious where your thought process is. Sure. If the goal is loving acceptance of all thought... Because, you know, obviously we have our biases that we live within and, you know, based on all kinds of things. Well, I'm not concerned too much with people's thought. I think thought is like what people are um, constantly changing Mm -hmm. and clinging to, thinking that that's like uh, always real or something. But but there has to be a a standard of some sort of truth, doesn't there? For sure. Because I was was talking to um, a friend the other day and... She made the comment that, um, in regards to one of her kids, that um, she didn't care what they did, as long as they were happy. Yep. And heard, so it, heard that a lot. Well, and and so. But there are expectations that parents, but not saying that this person is in this, but there are expectations that parents put on kids, um, to be somebody. Totally. But my my question back to her was, I don't know if that's true. You you didn't feel like that was well. I I, I I don't think anyone can say that honestly. Why is that? What do you mean? Like what a uh, what would be? Well, in between that, um, if I say I don't care as long as you're happy, whatever mm. you do is fine with me as long as you're happy about it. If I say that I have to be okay with someone like Hitler, and what they did, I have to be, because I'm pretty sure. Based on my reading of history, he thought he was doing what he he was happy and doing the right thing. <laughs> now, 
that's absurd for us to talk about. Sure. I understand that. Yeah. But what if someone's happiness is they like to torture little cats? Yeah. That, now, so, so at some point, there's got to be a standard of this is unacceptable. This is not an okay thing to do. Yep. Agreed. So, do, do should we rephrase how we say things? I think a lot of things. We're, we're limited based on how we can express what we mean, too. The, okay. the human language is completely limiting. It's just like a compressed version of what you actually are thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I have a, um, I have somewhat of an ability to explain what I'm thinking, but I don't have the best ability. I wish I had a better ability. Sometimes I wish that I could explain better, say like right now, uh, exactly how I'm feeling mm-hmm. or how I um, want to structure this. The truth is I'm, I'm still in the process of understanding it fully myself, but I have enough of a glimpse of it to the point where I can say a few words mm-hmm. that might resonate with someone, um, at least enough. It, it doesn't matter. Like all, all that matters is that I understand what I'm going toward and that I'm like in the process of learning it more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. It's I, just, it's just interesting. The, you know, kind of society is in this, at this turning point of, you know, that there's, there's this idea of allowing people to do the things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that is um, a celebration of all things that people choose to do. Yeah. And so, I, in my mind, I, I think that it's it's dangerous to say that those are the same. It's one thing to allow people to be, you know, decide what for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing to celebrate all decisions. Yeah. And what what I would love to see is some way that we can honestly say... You go, and we are okay with you making a decision. That doesn't mean I have to celebrate. You know, yep. if, if someone wants to start, you know, in, in our local area, there's been a lot of issues with um, large animal farms sure. in the area. Yep. Like there's like big, big contention. It's private property. Well, my private property is beside that private property. <laughs> and so, you know, they shouldn't be able to do what they want on there. So it's one thing to allow people to do it. It's another thing for me to have to be forced to celebrate what they're doing and and champion what they're doing. You don't, you don't have to do that, no. And But I mean, coming back to it, like intention and actions and things like that, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about there. But like the essence of just someone being yeah. a human being, separate thing. You know what I mean? And a lot of people act in ways that they want to for reasons. Say, I don't know exactly what the situation is with the animal ag stuff around here, but their intention is probably to make money. You know, and and other people's intention is to not have like the smell of cows next to their house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's there's like a there's a level of compassion that you can have for like both people, right? Totally. Yeah. And hopefully that's heard. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make like someone like evil or something like that, but it shouldn't. That's true. No, but there there are things that uh yeah, are you wonder like you know, why would someone do something like that? There's a plenty of that. Yeah. So then is, is there a standard that we should all kind of go by? Because if there's no standard, then there's no nothing. I mean, there are plenty of standards and social norms and like, say, if you get into religion or something like that, obviously mm-hmm. around here, like a Ten Commandments thing is probably something that a lot of people could follow too. That isn't that bad of a, a system, right? Um, 
we do have standards. We're not just like totally free-flowing. The problem is that I think too many people cling to a structure to the point where they identify within that and they get too caught up in like the little details of it and they don't they don't uh, even remember like who they Why are. Why it's there. Yeah, they don't even remember like who they are because they're so stuck within mm-hmm. the structure that they're in. Like, for example, we live in South Dakota, right? Me not for much longer, but <laughs> whatever. Like my whole <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, it's pretty normal here to get married at a young age and have kids and get the job at the bank and do the vacation once a year mm-hmm. and all of the stuff that like you you're think supposed you're supposed to do. You think you're supposed to yeah. do. And man, mm-hmm. I just have been outside of that for so long to the point where it's like there's a way better route than that sometimes. Sometimes that works pretty well for people, but like if you're not like happy with what you're doing if you don't fit with the culture of what you're doing if you don't like your friendships if you don't like anything about your life find a way to do something else because you have one life Mm -hmm. you have one life and like i've spent enough years trying to like fit in the mold of something and painfully doing it and still having like a bit of my own control at the point where i feel good within it but I'm just always trying to refine that. I'm always trying to find a way where like I can be the best version of myself where I um, give back the most, I love the most, and I inspire other people to feel confident in making those decisions for themselves. Have you felt pressured to be something? Well, to to get in that mold. A little bit. Yeah. You know, I had, um, uh, I felt a little pressure to like get a house. Mm-hmm. And it was all in good intention. My mom, my mom, you know, recommended it. And it was actually a really good thing. I'm, I'm glad I did it because it opened it up where I was still very lean. I wasn't like get a house, get a studio, get all this stuff. It yeah. was like get a house, make the lower level of studio. Mm-hmm. I have write-offs because of that. Yeah. It works. It's a little strange sometimes bringing clients to your house. But like my place was pretty cool. You know, and I think that like um, even though maybe it felt a little pressure to do that. I'm glad I went through that because, because, because I did that. I, um, I got better professionally. I made better connections. I created some systems that allowed me to do what I'm doing now. And I learned a lot in the process and I have this, um, you know, life is like this sense of compression and release. You know, you put yourself in this situation that's like tough and now it's like releasing and it's becoming more open. And I think there's a lot of that stuff and that's how I'm seeing this is like, Everything that I've done is uh, something I'm grateful for, and I'm also grateful for the, what I'm going to do now. And I think that like it's all just a result of like what I did leading up to this. It's a journey, you know. There are times though where I felt in resistance to that, like where I wasn't yeah. doing what I was supposed to be doing. Now, was that put on by you, or did people actually like do no, that to you? I think we probably, you know, I think there's like a saying where. I don't know what it is exactly, but just regarding like, I don't think people worry about you as much as they think you think they do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But like we think that and um, it's a hard place to be in. And I don't know if anyone really pressured me to do anything like that. There are some, some people and, and maybe some work stuff or some friend stuff or stuff like that where people don't quite know what they're going to do without Mm -hmm. you. I've had stuff like that before. Um, I didn't feel pressured enough by that to be able to just like stay but the rest of my life i think it's more internal pressure though like what i thought i was supposed to be doing but honestly i think all i thought i was supposed to be doing is preparing for something like this so yeah i i could see that all totally in in you go knowing in, you over yeah, the few you go years. in and out Absolutely. and identify with mm-hmm. like in oh, yeah. trying to do certain things mm-hmm. but i think that's all it's been it's yeah, training you you 
seemed an anomaly in South Dakota to me. And it feels weird to be that person. Yeah. And that's, that's very lonely. And I've been that my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also looking forward to feeling like less of an anomaly because I, I just want to like connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting on your journey to see if you find that that sentiment of settle down, you know, do the, do the American dream. Yep. If that's across the board. And I I think it is. I mean, I I grew up in Oregon and it's, it's the, the thing. That's what you do. Yep. And so I'm wondering if South Dakota is really that much different. I, I don't honestly think it is. There there are certain things. You know, I've traveled the country and there are certain mm-hmm. things that are different for sure. Um, I think I know that there's always going to be a community that's like that. But I think what's different in some other places, especially when you get in places with nature where I like to live, mm-hmm. is you get more people who are open to that lifestyle. Yeah, more people totally. who yeah. are active mm-hmm. and going out and respecting of nature. And then in turn, it, it results in them viewing the rest of the world a different way. And um, unfortunately, around here, we don't always have a lot of opportunity for that. You know, especially on the east side of the state, there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of scenic things. Yeah. Half of our it's year, flat. yeah, half of our year is very cold where <laughs> yeah. you're not always doing stuff unless you're into snow sports. Mm-hmm. And even so, that's even kinda, then it's, it's kind of difficult. Yeah. yeah, because we don't have like big mountains or anything like that. So um, there is something that it can be found elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm looking for can be found in other things. Yeah. But then again, I'm not like, I'm not running from this to run to something else necessarily either. It's, um, I just want to like have an experience. Yeah, and then explore. Yeah. I just want to like yeah. go experience new stuff. It's not like I'm running away from problems and expecting everything to be mm-hmm. fixed because I'm moving or <laughs> right. something like that. It's so far yeah. from that. It's, um, yeah, it's just a, I don't know what to expect through this. I don't know at all. And I'm just excited for that. Cause Is I think it terrifying at some level. Not really. I think I had a little bit of a freak out moment where I was like, <laughs> I, I was starting to talk about it. Like, I think I'm yeah. going to do it. And then it was like, okay, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Because th- I, it's like, put the deposit down on the van day. And because then it becomes real. And it, it, there's no time in a lot of this because the market's so hot right now. Mm-hmm. There's no time even on buying the van. Because if I don't buy it today, if I don't put the deposit down today, there's a high chance that on. someone else is going to get it mm-hmm. and then I'll be out of it. Yeah, And then I'll have to wait until who knows when to find one again, you know, and it's maybe not that ex- extreme. You know, I could probably fly across the country and get a different van somewhere else, but there's a little bit of yeah. that going oh, on yeah. too. You know, that's why everything's happening within this one month mm-hmm. period, because it's like, once you decide, you might as well put it in place. You might as well do it because it's kind of painful to like wait and wait and wait yeah. and wait. Yeah. It's probably better just to rip the bandaid off and do and go. Yeah. So do you have a route planned or are you just pointing toward the North star and you're going to run? <laughs> I actually, I actually have Straight a shoot. Morning. I have a video shoot in Phoenix that I have to do with one of my buddies and I'm going to go to Phoenix right away. I'm going to go, um, one of my other buddies is touring through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a tour manager for a group and they have a bunch of production guys who I know on it and I'll, I'll go to that show, hang out with a friend there and, um, then I'll, Potentially go to Yosemite. I need to look into that. I'd kind of like to catch Yosemite before it gets a little too cold. But ultimately, I just want to spend my time in Arizona mm-hmm. and warm places during the winter here. And um, yeah, I'm not looking at like moving around constantly, burning fuel, looking for the next thing. I just want to be able to figure out new Pick systems. Pick up and go when you want to. Yeah, yeah. and not not feel 
too pressured mm-hmm. or too stressed because it's it's pretty hard. I think everyone who vacations, um, you have this idea of how beautiful it's going to be. But if you're not present on your vacations, yeah, they're not very fun. They're hard because it's not easy to travel around, especially I, I imagine with like kids and things like that. That's even harder. Yeah, you know, to just relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not a vacation. When you get back from your vacation, you need to take take a break. <laughs> <laughs> so the goal is to always be aware of that, how yeah. I'm feeling. And if I if I find that I'm not being present within what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I want to call that out within myself and I want to um, adjust and reset and understand like there are great things happening around you right now. You're just like in your head. Do you see a potential for some downside me- emotionally and mentally? By by going out alone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are going to be hard days. I'm sure there are going to be difficulties on the road. Um, fortunately, I uh, I know that that's the lesson. Mm-hmm. Like the hard times, that there's like something beautiful that comes out of that. So when you know that, it's not so bad. And when you know that you have the abilities to handle situations, or if you don't know how, you can call someone who will. Um, there's no reason to like freak out, you know. We've all seen like, I don't know, I could use my dad for an example, but um, you could use probably most dads for an example or anyone. Someone tries something new. It's frustrating. You have you have the option. Mm-hmm. You freak out and throw stuff and get angry because you are in resistance of learning something or do you take a breath and do you trust yourself? You have the option of both. Everyone always does in all these situations, you know? So it's one of those things. And if you catch yourself freaking out, at least like be acknowledging of it. Mm-hmm. But it's no different. Like this is no different than learning something or. How do you get to that point? How, how do you understand that for real and put that in practice? I think it's, um. there's just been a level of being, uh, I don't know if disgusted with myself is the word for it, but like. I don't like I don't like acting that way. I don't like acting ugly mm-hmm. because I'm frustrated with something. Why don't you like it? Because it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't feel good within me. It doesn't help anyone around me. All it does is just create negativity. So why is that not understood enough by people? Well, yeah, by everyone. You know, the idea of not blowing up and I, it it's generational at some level. Um, and I, I'm I'm intrigued as to why. Um, I was talking to a lady the other day, and about the idea of preemptive counseling, mm-hmm. you know, and what that means. Because most people, counseling is the last resort when all hell's breaking loose, and that's when you got to go get help. Yep. Well, why is it such a stigma to preemptively get guidance on how, like this? I know this thing's coming up, and I don't know what to do. I'm gonna, I need people that know. I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know why that is. I think there's maybe like an element of pride or something like that where people um, maybe don't feel safe in their, their groups that they're in. Mm-hmm. They don't feel safe saying that they seek help. Yeah. Or they have a therapist. I'm very open about it. I have a therapist who I talk to every other week. And sometimes we're just talking about stuff that other people don't have the answers for for me. She's mm-hmm. very like, um, very much my kind of person and I've learned a lot from her that's helped me but a lot of my discoveries have happened my, on my own but I, I think maybe that's a lot of the issue is that a lot of people their social groups maybe don't um, don't feel as safe as maybe 
they should. And to that, I would recommend to people who don't feel comfortable being themselves um, to either change their group or to um, express their needs to be more authentic. You know, and um, and I think that deep down, I think everyone wants that. But um, if you're just one ugly reaction mm-hmm. after another, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty hard to um, it's pretty hard to see yourself being understanding even. Because at that point, um, you might have agreed within yourself that you are that ugly person who you've acted, like, mm-hmm. you know. Hmm. It's interesting, just the the idea, because we don't in in American society, maybe Western culture. I'm not sure if it's that broad. It might be. It seems like we don't have the capacity, in general, to seek out assistance, but before before it's broken. Yeah, I I think. People are getting better about it. I think it's coming down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, even a um, a group that I work with, who I work with, is a they do like suicide prevention type stuff. Yeah, you know, like the fact that I'm working on a project like that means that there is progress yeah, in that space. That's true, yeah. There is progress happening. Like things are being talked about. It is helping people. Um, but also I think a lot of people, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to be proactive all the time too because we, let's also factor in schedules, budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've had many years where it's like, oh, I don't want to do that for myself because that costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I, I uh, don't always feel don't, like don't see the return. I have, necessarily. yeah, like if yeah. you, yeah, there are there are things mm-hmm. that some people can do, but also take someone who drives a car and it's a five hundred dollar car. Yeah, you think they're going to be proactive about like making sure it works right. well. Yeah. A lot of people are in situations in a lot of ways in life where they just have to be reactive because it it takes resources to mm-hmm. be proactive, I think. Does that make sense for that? Yeah, it, it, is there a fault? Uh, is, is someone, some thing at fault for people getting in that or is that just, is it insensitive to say they should have tried harder? Uh, I don't think it's like a try harder thing. I think it's... um. I th- I think we're all making progress and I think it's it's not easy. None of this is easy. This whole life is difficult. For me, for you, for anyone listening, life is pretty hard. But that's the beauty of it, you know? And um I think as long as people realize that like that there is something good to come from it, I think it'll it'll help them, you know? Mm-hmm. Once you start seeing your life like uh what's this quote? It's a Ram Dass thing. Something about um grace coming from suffering and when you realize that it just flips your whole perspective of life mm-hmm. you know to know that yeah it sucks right now or it sucks sometimes and sometimes it's really great but like through the suffering that you go through like there is something better on the other side and i think people um if people were more open to that maybe maybe people could be taught that mm-hmm. if that's what you're asking like maybe people could be taught that and i think we're getting better about it it's going to be a slow process though this evolution is like for sure like me I can lock myself in my house and be alone in my thoughts and study all sorts of stuff like this to come to this on my own. But if you're in the system, if you're just following what other people do, Mm -hmm. it's going to take you a lot longer. You're going to wait till the mass media feeds you that. The problem is the mass media is probably not going to feed you that for a while because like as long as you stay in line, they have control. Yeah. As soon as you start thinking this way, you're a little different. And that's maybe dangerous to people who are trying to manipulate you, you know? Yeah. 
So like, I don't know. I just encourage people to, uh, tune out of the stuff that they're being fed and, and, um, just take a look at what their own life is telling them. What's your intuition telling you? It's probably giving you better advice than your mind is. <laughs> so did the, uh, did lockdowns harm society, you think? Mentally? Um, I think if it did, it was temporary and the end result was something better. Really? I believe that. As soon as COVID happened, I remember mm-hmm. posting something about, um, I don't know what the words were. Something my mom sent me, I believe. But it was just something regarding how beauty is going to come out of this. You know, how it's going to be hard, but like through it, we're going to connect with each other. We're going to relate. We're going to work together. And like as a world mm-hmm. for once, you know, in, in my lifetime, as a world for once, we're going to u- unite over something where we're all going through the same thing and we all know it's difficult and we're all figuring it out and we're going to come out better. And, you know, some people maybe uh, distracted themselves the whole time and they didn't they didn't uh, pick up that much from it, but I think everyone probably learned something. I feel like a much different person than I did when we last talked. I feel way less attached to who I am. Mm. Like I'm so less attached to my ego and things like that. And um, there are a lot of factors. It's not just the pandemic. It's been a lot of my own rock intention climbing. as well. Yeah, it's full <laughs> rock climbing. Right. It's all I have. <laughs> no. um, it feels good to talk about this stuff a little bit too. It's been on my mind for a long time. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if I articulate all this that well, but um, it's a lot of stuff that's been running through me. And it, I don't know. I'm just excited to see like how that grows even more and, and yeah. how I, how I can be, man, because I'm tired of being a uh, borderline grumpy sound guy sometimes. <laughs> there are a lot of situations that piss you well, off. And I've you freak never out seen you actually grumpy. I got grumpy. In the sound world. I got grumpy at one Affleck <laughs> event, actually. You probably could have seen s- me. <laughs> you might have been gone already. Right. All hell broke loose at the end of one one time, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I had to sit outside for a while and take some breaths. <laughs> it does get crazy. Yeah, I'm not immune to having <laughs> Emotion, that's time. okay. Without emotion, you're boring um, hmm. and dead. What's your most important need I mean, probably oxygen. Oh, come on. <laughs> what kind of need do you... What, what, like, give me an example of what kind of need. Know. That well, is my I mean, most important need. Are, are you introvert, extrovert? Or do you need people? Do you need silence? Do you need aloneness? Um, What's your I like, most important I like a need? mix of both. I, I, I'm, I'd say I'm probably pretty introverted. Mm-hmm. But I really do like talking to people and sharing things. Do you get charged up by doing that? Or do you get charged up by being alone? It it depends. I think like one-on-one conversations like this mm-hmm. where I can be myself and I can learn from you and your perspective too, it's like what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for authenticity within people and open conversations where people are actually comfortable and we're not talking about things that are so identifying, like talking about politics or something like that. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Like I want I want our world to be left in a place where people are can be vulnerable and be supported. You know? I went through high school, I went through middle school, I went through all the bullying crap. Mm-hmm. And that all that does is train people that they can't be vulnerable. They can't be themselves. They have to protect that. What's, what's the answer to that problem specifically? 
I don't know. I'm sure schools are doing a lot more than they they were doing, you know, 15 years ago when I was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, can, I, yeah, can I, you regulate mean people away? I think what you can do is you can understand that they um, are acting that way because of something within their own life. Like, you can't take it personally. Right. Mo- most people that are mean are horribly insecure. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that, um, so I think what needs to be taught is we can't remove all the ugliness mm-hmm. in the world. That would be amazing. And it might come more toward that direction throughout evolution. But I think the most important thing that we need to be teaching that isn't being taught is um, how we perceive other people and how we uh, react to that and how we see ourselves based on how other people treat us. One of the things I try to teach my kids is you don't have to like everybody that you come that you meet in your peer group. You don't have to like you don't have even have to be friends with them. You don't even have to you you don't have to want to sit with them at lunch. Yeah. But you have to be kind. Yeah, just be nice. That's not hard. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not you may not agree at all. Be nice. It's not that hard. Yeah. There's no reason to be a jerk. And and it can be as simple as just saying hi. It's not like you need to take yeah. Right. A massive amount of interest in mm-hmm. everything. In a lot of situations, there's nothing you have to do about it. You can just look at someone and go, I don't know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And this isn't something that I have to say to their face, but you can just say it in your own internal yeah. dialogue. You can just mm-hmm. look at them and go, you know, I don't know what you're going through. That looks painful. I have compassion for you mm-hmm. and what that is. And I hope you're you're doing okay or you're going to be in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. After I, I beat you up, no. <laughs> but I, but I hope that um yeah. I hope that that becomes taught a little bit more, like people's um relationship with themselves based to mm-hmm. based on like what other people say or do. I think that's something that needs to be taught that I don't think is on a lot of people's radar. I think a lot of people are just still thinking like, do this, and then you'll be happy. Do you think it's realistic to assume that people will all just be nice? I don't think that's possible. Why? I don't know because <laughs> everyone is so screwed up in some way and they're going to take things out on someone. It's a practice, right? Like it's not possible for everyone to always be the person they who they want to be or like their their um, most ideal self, I guess. Well, I think that goes back to our earlier discussion a little bit. Maybe that is who they think they are and want to be. Someone who's mean. Who's just mean and a bully, yeah. There's something about that where you, um, like me, mm-hmm. say you were a jerk to me. Mm-hmm. If I would, if I would call you, Craig, like uh, an evil person because of that, or a jerk, mm-hmm. or something like that, there comes a point where you start believing that within yourself, mm. and you identify it within being that. You know, yeah, that's kind of the goal of like judging the intent or the actions, seeing those as what they are. But you, as your being, um, seeing that as like something that's pure. You know what I mean? Because then you have something to always love. Mm-hmm. But you understand like why the, those actions were maybe in place. Because it's not easy to be without those actions sometimes. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're ever back in the area, we should definitely do this again. But since we have gear on both ends of the interweb. We can totally we do it wherever. We do this again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for talking through things. Absolutely. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of this stuff has been uh, heavy on my heart for a long time. And it feels good to talk about it on something that's like captured, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
and shared with people who I think everyone needs to hear something that like would make them feel better about life and how they perceive others and mm-hmm. you know well and there's one thing I as much as I clearly think that people should believe the way I do which I think we all do at some level mm-hmm. because we clearly think we're doing it correctly <laughs> and so if everyone else should do it right also um, over the last several years I've kind of gotten this mantra that I want people to know why they believe what they believe. To me, that's more important than what they believe. Now, as much as clearly there are certain things that I would rather people believe, but I want people to know why and be able to articulate it. And I think that's one of the values of this medium. Yeah. This conversation concept. And, And I totally agree with that. Like, it's hard when people are asleep to what they are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't actually have any connection mm-hmm. to it anymore. They're just doing it. Talked to a lady uh, Friday. And somehow the political affiliations came up in the conversation. As they do with some people. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm kind of a pol- political junkie, so I enjoy that kind of thing. And um, just out of the blue, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm X party. Really? Why? Well... When I was in high school, hmm. I was able to get 50 more points of credit for a class if I went and registered. And I went down there, and I went to register, and I marked one thing, and the person the registering me said, are you sure that's what you want to do? Because if you do that, your grandfather will never talk to you again. <laughs> and so this person in high school changed it to that one. And then has been that way ever since. How sad is this that? This person is, I mean, that that's 30 years out of school. Easy. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. And, and, and so my question is, wow, over this last 25, 30 years, there wasn't an ability to, to at least examine, to make sure that that, that, okay, today I am this because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it may have started, you know, illegitimately perhaps, but now I believe X, Y, and Z, and this is why I made this decision. It was kind of saddening. I was like, it, wow. Com- completely. And I think a lot of people, I don't know, me personally, I love like sitting in my head and my thoughts and like going through all this little stuff. <laughs> like that's just entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But I, I imagine some people are afraid to do so. Mm. I imagine some people are afraid to just be still, mm-hmm. zero distraction, and examine what comes up in their mind. Mm-hmm. And um, not only just examine like what floats on by, but also like, Put intention on one thing mm-hmm. and see what comes up there. What do you feel? Do you have pain? Do you have emotion? Like, do you have physical pain that's caused by your mind in this moment? What is it? Can you understand that? If you can't, keep working on it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people need to do that with everything in life. You need to like look at anything you're doing that you value or you say you value. Yeah. And like, yeah, do you actually? And I think a lot of people, they're probably going to end up more like a blank slate like I am if they would do that more and more. They would just realize like, oh, there actually aren't that many things that I need to cling to. Yeah. See, that's fascinating that you say that because over the last few years, I've I've really been examining some of the traditions we hold dear. Within your own uh, life? Yeah, me, personally. And, you know. The, Give an the, example the circle. of that? Uh, yeah. Um, why do we have Saturday and Sunday as a weekend? Okay. Do we, though, what as does that mean? freelancers? <laughs> well, no, we don't. <laughs> but society okay. says. Yes. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Those are days off. Yep. Why? I interviewed Jackson Robinson. He's the 
founder, brilliant designer behind the King's Wild project, which is custom playing cards. Okay. I didn't know it existed. You have some interesting people. It's phenomenal. The dude through. is one of the coolest guys. If you go back, it's on this in this feed okay, a few cool. episodes back. Um, cool guy. One of the things he said to me blew my blew my mind in, in that it, he articulated it properly to me. He said he tells his kids because I asked him the separate. You know, how do you separate um, work time and family time? How do you prioritize and you know do that right? He's like, I don't. That's nonsense. Anyone that tells you you got to have home time and work time is stupid. It's you know it's just my paraphrase. No, no, I I get that though because it's, it's an ongoing yeah. balance. Yeah, and but but it's it's better. He says I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband when I'm doing the thing I love to do. Hmm. And he said I tell my girls that they need to run as fast as they can away from people who love Fridays and hate Mondays. For sure, because they're just living in a horrible cycle. Yeah, it's an aversion to and that's fascinating. what you want to be. Then we think about our uh, employee model in America. And and I think around the world, because, well, especially in the Asian cultures, um, you know, where they are, they live at their work. It's a pretty much 24-7 Yeah, and they, they feel pressure from their families Correct. to yeah, do that. Yeah, they have to, absolutely. And a, lot of, a lot of that, that's what it is. And they may not even mm-hmm. be working. I've heard of people who are still in the office because their dad oh right worked so damn hard mm-hmm. in his day that um yeah now you feel obligated mm-hmm. even though there's yeah. no work right it's so sad it is and and so then i think well what does that look like i saw a meme the other day that said um you know i i, I shouldn't ever have to request time off for my employer because i am owned by my employer and so basically i should be able to just come and go as i please and then as a as a business owner i go an employee tends to have responsibility and, and, and impacts other people. So to have this mindset that you can just take it or leave it, first off, it's inconsiderate to everyone else. And that probably wasn't the, the, um, the, tra- the trade that we agreed upon. Mm-hmm. You know, I will pay and you will do that concept. Because you know, really, it's a transaction. I will give you cash for time. Um, that's but maybe, that's maybe where it goes wrong, though, too. Perhaps, and and I think that's part of the conversation now, or at least the thought process. What does that look like? Um, now, how would that go? How would that be a potentially wrong conversation to have for me to trade dollars for time? What do you mean by that? Well, so someone says I am willing to pay. Let's throw a number: thousand bucks for a month for. These days, every week. Yep. And I go and I say, I will do that. Mm-hmm. I then have an obligation to do that. I can't go, ah, by the way, I'm not going to do half of that. Yeah. It was, a tra- it, was, it was a contract, essentially, that we agreed to. It was a, it was a yep. mutual agreement. And my trade for your time was, it's like my grandma used to say, and I think about it every now and then, I don't ever say it and I should more because it, makes, it brings it into reality. She said she was going to go down to the gas station to trade. She would say those those words. I'm going to go trade for some gas. That's interesting. Yeah. And so she would go trade her money for gas. That's what and I, I love that concept because it really teaches us that's what we're doing. I'm not buying gas. I'm trading my hard-earned money yep. for the thing that they have. Yep. I don't know if there is a better system than that right now. I don't know if there is either. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think about that sometimes. Um, I don't get too hung up on that either, but I uh, maybe used to. But, but also like, yeah, what? 
what else can we do right now? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the whole money thing makes sense. Maybe like in the future, maybe like a barter system or something like that will become something again. What, I don't to throw back to the old days. What? I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a system where something else works so that we're not doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, see, the system of money currently, when the transaction has to be dollars, mm-hmm. that allows for a a control mechanism. Yep. At the federal elite level. Yep. So yeah. I can control the resource. Like I, man, I got to be careful. (laughs) Legally, it is frowned upon to barter Mm -hmm. in the business world. It totally is, yeah. Like to trade a good and a service for a good or a service. Yep. That is not liked. By the elites. Well, because by, by the powers. It, because it goes around taxing yeah, type things. Right. And that's it, the reason. It, it's untrackable. But or uncontrollable. But put that out of the equation, right? Say like we, we reduce the uh, the the structure of things. It sometimes makes the most sense, you know, for certain things and certain people. Sometimes just money, like cash, just makes sense for certain totally. things. Totally. But but what, the thing that drives me mad is it's difficult to use that as an option. And I should be able to. Oh, you the, think barter should just be an option? Always? Absolutely. I believe so, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I if someone so. has something I need and I have something they need. I mean, in reality, that's what we do. I mean, as, as freelancers, when we work on a project, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like they have a thing they need. We happen to be able to do it. And here's what it's going to cost. Yeah. You know, because here's what we've decided is the agreed upon value. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it's really the idea of it's value for value, mm-hmm. which is kind of how I want to establish any funding that I do for these podcasts. Sure. So rather than a, a, a an advertiser model where I go to some company and say, I'm going to talk about your company so many times and going to guarantee you get some sort of return for that. And then you, in return for that, you give me money. Mm-hmm. No. People that listen to the show that are interested in what you have to say or who the people that we have on, if they get value out of that, they should have the ability and the option to say that was worth ten dollars. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Or that was worth ten thousand dollars. Here you go. That should be an option for them. And but but it's getting this mindset. And this is where I feel that the the traditional system and I think radio, we'll just move into podcasting a little bit here. I think radio is trying to control this free podcast concept. This idea that anyone can do what they've been able to do as a monopoly for so long. And it's this idea that, no, it only, you got to have CPM. You got to have these, uh, you know, we got to have some ratings. We got to prove this stuff and you have to buy this ad. It's the reason the big media is freaked out about Facebook. Hmm. Yeah. They're tearing Facebook apart. Why? Facebook have 80 some billion dollars in ad revenue. That's none of that is going into the traditional advertising systems. Yeah. They don't like that. Well, so course. what do they do? We've got to break the system because it's not our old way. <laughs> yeah, there's. So, but but it's it's that idea. How do we get past the way we used to do it? I and think... I think it starts with having these conversations. Let's talk through what happens if we didn't do it. That what if we didn't have Saturday Sunday as days off? I also think that there are, there are better ways to do things too. Yeah, sure. The guy who's making oil wants to control that as long as he can, even though we totally live in a time right now where like 
that that form of energy could probably be completely replaced. We're probably like a hundred years behind in a lot of that stuff, you know, and we've just been restricted for so long. But now you see things like Tesla and things like that coming around. It's hard when it's not like the mass thing that everyone's doing, right? But a lot of people are growing on that stuff. So I think there are people who are innovating and they're breaking the system in ways that will help and will make people's lives better. Um, yeah, it's just it's always going to be a, a difficulty when it comes to people who have big power and big money and they have the ability to tell people what to do and what to say. And um, Should governments be in the place of picking those winners and losers? Who, who's able to do that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think everything is working together at some level up there. Um, I don't think about it too much, so I don't have much to say on it, but it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of corrupt stuff going on and we, um, well, well, the example would be, um, like Tesla exists because of government subsidy. Mm. Like there were huge benefits, huge subsidies you, they got for doing what they're doing. Um, wind turbines exist because of government subsidy. Without those, they don't work. Now, doesn't mean they don't create energy. That's not the question at all. It's does it pencil out? Uh, ethanol is another one. And I, of course, live in the middle of corn country. Mm-hmm. Um, but does that mean that it's it's right because it's no, with, with, around you? Not necessarily. But my point is, these some of these industries can't work. Like, they can't pay for themselves yeah. without getting a... And in America, it's a government um, subsidy, basically. So the taxpayer ends up paying for half the cost or whatever it is in order to get these things in place. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there's a place for that. I don't know. But I'm wondering, is that proper or should it be let whatever works work? Don't have an answer yeah. for you. It's these questions that I don't, I don't have answers for either. Yeah. But most people don't want to even discuss that. That's what I found. It's like, we, we can't even talk about that because this, by gosh, this is how we've always done it. Yeah, there's enough of that. <laughs> I think everyone just needs to be open to positive change and things like that. And say like something like a Tesla, right? I want to drive one really I bad think they're wonderful. I think they look cool. Yeah, I honestly, um, if I didn't just buy a van, my next vehicle <laughs> down the road once I got done with my Subaru is probably going to be a Tesla because it's... um. There are just a lot of cool things from it. It's not just an electric car either. It's an experience. That's a computer. Yeah, it's like Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on. But at the end of the day, what's cool is like there's a car on the road that is unlike any other car in what it does. I mean, that thing, you literally open up your phone and it'll drive Mm -hmm. itself to the front of the lot for you. (laughs) That's a different thing. Yeah. And on top of that, it's something that helps the planet. You know, like those, those cars are like not having the emissions, right? obviously to make them you have some emissions but like like there's just a lot of benefit that's coming from that for something that is changing your life but it's also helping the planet and the more stuff like that that comes up and it becomes normal and it becomes what people want the better i think i think ford says the first about thirty thousand miles within that the gas engine wins every day all day long Mm. Once you get past that range, it starts bending the other way as far as overall inputs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're not driving a ton of miles, it actually doesn't pencil out um, in, in the big picture. Wait, based on what? 
uh, based on input costs, what it takes to run them, what it takes to fuel them. Yeah, um, the, the, and all the that. dollar amount is not the only thing that matters. No, but but even like environmental impact, like what to, to oh, produce that car sure. in order to make that impact. Sure. Based and this like Ford, they're huge. Their EV world is they're, massive right now. But there all also are. So say you drive it longer and then it mm-hmm. starts shifting. Right. There also are like end of life things put in place. What's that? Um, it's not Tesla, but it's like is it Rivian or something like that? There's another like electric truck company mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. You know, companies like that, they actually have a second life program for all the batteries. So when the battery isn't efficient enough to be able to work properly in the vehicle, it becomes a part of solar grids. Mm. You know? It's like thinking about the stuff down the line mm-hmm. rather than like buy this and then it becomes junk and then crush it like we've always done it, you know? Like there's there's something like else in place on some of this stuff. We don't have all the answers. No. We're not doing everything perfectly right now, but I think what we do have is we have people who are thinking of better ways to do things and we're figuring out what the cost of that is and eventually, you know, things will be a little bit more clear and um, things will shift, you know. I imagine that vehicles will be electric or a different form of energy will be utilized or nuke. something like that. I want a little nuke in the back of my car. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, well. I want a backyard nuke in my house too. A nuke? Yeah. Just a little one. Just a little suitcase nuke. <laughs> suit nuke? Power my house for the next 20 years. <laughs> Got that suit nuke in your backyard. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> I've actually heard about that that concept, a little backyard. Because the, the new reactors are just insane with what they can do. They have zero waste. It's just really? ridiculous I don't, I don't how awesome they are. About that. That's it's crazy. crazy. But once they're charged, once you're rolling, you're good. Hmm. So that doesn't work when you have a system, an infrastructure that's designed on a monthly payment. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, But there are th- people those who... Those kind of things won't work. Yeah, there are people who put up wind energy and get money back from the electric company though too you know a little bit yeah yeah i mean there are mm-hmm. there are systems where people realize like okay yeah obviously if you're spinning more power than you need we'll take it right the biggest issue i've talked to some of the people in the power plant world and the biggest issue was storage what do you do you know yeah. if you, I, and i i mean heck i don't know i i just want efficiency and at this point, everything we do has some power to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I think at some point there are certain things that we just have to do. And then I just don't think we're ever going to go back to making fires to cook our food. And well, I as am. much as that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I was, we were in Oregon a couple, a couple weeks ago and one of those places we were at, they had it. They have the company they do is they install wood fired uh, ovens in people's homes and in restaurants and things. Mm. And man, it made me really want one yeah. because they are phenomenal. And if you build them this certain way, they're an insane um, source of heat for your home. Like it, I think they said you cook them for an hour, like you rage this fire for an hour, and the residual heat that's stored in all the bricks they build around it will last 24, 23 hours. Wow, that's amazing. Super cool. So you just crank the fire for you know an hour a day, and you're good for the most part. And then you have the option of turn it up, and you have an oven, and you can cook pizzas and all. You can bake in them. And I was like, geez, I want you guys to come out here and build me one of these because it's so cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But It's one of the first forms of <laughs> totally, yeah. heat energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nate... Where, uh, do you want people to attempt to follow you anywhere on the interweb sure. to see your journey? 
Um, whether I'm whether I'm on it or not, uh, I think my Instagram is probably the best spot. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just going to delete the app because I don't want the stimulation of it. Um, Nate, N-A-T-E-P-O-E-P-P-E-L. That is... Nate Peppel. Nate Peppel, yep. That's probably where I'm going to... Live. Yeah, that's that's if I'm going to do anything, it'll be there for a while. Cool. And uh, if not, my phone number's on my website. <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine many people will call me, but... Excellent. Is that natepeppel.com? Yep. Excellent. Yep. So, thanks well, thank for, you thanks so for much doing for, this, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always fun to chat and... Don't don't lose touch. I won't. Let's stay connected, definitely. Yeah, well, we can podcast on the go. So I love it. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the interview. Thanks, Nate, for coming in to give us an insight into what's going on in your world. NatePeppel.com if you want to follow him on the Instagram and Nate Peppel. YMelbank.com is our website. Once again, thank you for listening and for your support as we continue these conversations with people around the world doing things that are making a difference and are fascinating. Hope to see you on the next one. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Everybody.